A welcome to this Easter long weekend edition of Source, the weekend review. It's only four days old in terms of a working week, but so much happening and a lot of it in Australia around the election. To talk about it all, I'm joined, as always, by Jordan McDonald. Jordan, welcome. Hi, Michael. Elections. Now, we know that people's views on talking about elections can differ a lot, but for us here, it's been a fascinating week, not from a view of politics, but from a view of audience engagement and the election starts and I guess that big question is we know traditional media has always been able to connect with voters of a certain age but as these younger voters come through uh, the challenge increases for the parties to actually get in touch with them because they're not watching free-to-air tv they're not reading newspapers they're on probably not on facebook either so not as much so I'm very interested in your observations of the role that social media and other things play in this election campaign to reach that younger group of Australians. Yeah, you're right. It's going to be an interesting uh, to see how both parties try and communicate and engage with the the younger demographics. Um, I reckon social media and connected TV uh, will be the major battlefront. So I mean connected TV where your TV is connected to the internet. Um, so you're you watching know, the streaming yeah, services. Yeah, so like your broadcast video on demand sort yeah. of thing, like your 7 Plus and your 9 Now. Yeah. Um, and we've seen ads in there already. You know, Clive Palmer's United Australia Party, they've been a, a regular uh, disruption to uh, my TV shows the last few weeks. <laughs> Freedom but, forever. Um, yeah, now that the election's, uh, the, the election date's been set, you know, the, the competition will increase a lot. Yeah. Um, social media, I think, is going to be one of the bigger battlegrounds for the campaigns this year. Uh, in the hours that followed the, uh, the election announcement, both, you know, Labor and Coalition, they were posting probably at least one post an hour, which is yep. quite frequent. Um, you know, the Coalition was pumping out messaging and, you know, included a stab at Labor leader Anthony Albanese following his uh, infamous interview where he failed to name the cash rate and unemployment rate. Yes, we'll talk about that a bit later. We will come to that. Um, But on the social media front, I think paid advertisements are going to be really interesting to follow. And um, Coalition and Labor, they actually have active ads at the moment. So in the Australian Financial Review this week... um, there's a few figures on what the spending has been so mm. far on the social media. So Labor's spent 472000 uh, while Liberals have spent just over 103000 This seems like a lot of money, mm. but these are quite modest figures. If you uh, compare to Clive's, Clive Palmer's United Australia Party spending, they've, uh, they've put out $3.5 just this month. And we're only halfway through the month. That's right, five weeks to go. It's unbelievable. So over the course of the whole campaign, they reckon they're going to spend about $70 million, which is just amazing. So back to the ads. The Liberals are running four ads on social and... Sorry, on Facebook and Instagram. And their focus of these ads have been on Albanese uh, following his press conference Mm. blunder. And then... So with these ads, the last 30 days, they've spent about 64000 um, according to The Australian. Now, the ALP, they're running a, f- a fair few more ads. Mm. They're running 13 at the moment across Facebook and Instagram. Mm. But these all reference their key uh, campaign messages. 
and they don't mention the Prime Minister or any of their other rivals at all. And that brings their current spend, interestingly, to just less uh, than the Liberals at 42500 over the last 30 days. So, so, so we had a really interesting week here yeah. in the sense of sitting there and with Jordan's... Uh, guidance and young minds being able to zoom through social media at speed compared to uh, uh, old timers like me mm. but being able to look at some uh, a look at those social media tactics um, also through TikTok looking at the influence of TikTok and we'll, we'll come to that but there's a fascinating uh, set of data now that Facebook or Meta as its parent company is known yeah. is putting up and those pages which we've been looking at all week uh, show the ads that the different uh, parties are putting up. They mm -hmm. show how much they're spending <laughs> on those ads. Yep. They show um, the reach of those ads mm -hmm. uh, and they show demographics of people seeing those ads. So to me, I find this as someone who used to edit a newspaper where you know all you had was a, an ad on a page, mm. for instance. Uh, th this is a, it's a live insight uh, for people who are interested in that, into the party's tactics in this advertising. But, um, I mean, you saw these pages and you've been following them all week. What, what have you made of this? Uh, as in, like, the, being able to observe yeah. the entire campaign well, and what they're spending. You're picking up here the, the way that they're changing their ads, the, the way that yeah. they're, they're adjusting on the run. Yeah, no, it's been interesting to watch. I'm, um, I'm particularly interested in where they're placing the ads. I mean, you can spend all the money you want, but if, if, if you're not putting it in the right place, then that money's wasted. So in the instance of, I believe it was the ALP, they are running 13 ads, but you'll see the same, uh, same animation or same video used four five different times. It looks like this mm. is a replica of the ads. Mm. But what they're doing is they're, they're hitting people in different age brackets, different interests in different places. Mm. So you might be just on Facebook or just through uh, Facebook ads on the right-hand side yep. or it might just be on Instagram or through Instagram stories. So it's, that's been probably the most interesting part for me this week and at the amount they're spending on particular posts. You know, some of the messaging around the campaign uh, they're seeing a little less spend than what uh, they've spent on a few of those sort of stabby posts, which yep. are attacking posts, I should say. Yep. Yeah, I remember the 2012 state election campaign. I was editor of the Courier Mail mm. when you know the social media advertising was still in its infancy, but obviously it was a useful tool even then, 10 years ago. But I remember having a uh, one of the people running one of the campaigns ring me up to apologise uh, because um, they were taking an ad, in particular they were trying to target uh, the seat of South Brisbane mm -hmm. and they rang up to apologise because they weren't going to put a print ad in the Courier Mail. Right. They were going to put something on Facebook which was going to cost them about $200 but they knew it would be very effective in that area. Mm -hmm. To think about that ring to apologise at the time, mm. I mean, it's it's all competitive. It didn't worry me in the slightest. I, you know, I was, you know, th there's room for everyone. But to go from that now to you just don't really see uh, – you see a lot of Clive Palmer ads in the print edition of papers yeah. now. But, I mean, this is the battleground now on social media. And to see those Facebook pages where you can just go on – 
see what the ads are, see how much the spend is. I mean, it's just a great live experiment for anyone who's interested in how you target those audiences. But um, the other day as well, um, I mean, TikTok, uh, you gave a great insight into what was happening TikTok-wise. How do you see TikTok playing out in this election? Because that's obviously different to that demographic. They don't even go to Facebook as such, but they're on TikTok and, you know, that's obviously a a battleground that the parties have to be on. I'm still unsure how the parties are going to use TikTok and if they will use TikTok. I know news outlets are using TikTok a fair bit to show, you know, showcase like snippets of what's happening throughout the election campaign on both sides. Um, But, you know, TikTok really wasn't as... Um, as popular in 2019, last election. No, that's there. right. This is it's uh, it's arguably the most popular social media app at the moment. Um, I think it's going to be really useful for the campaign uh, in terms of engaging younger demographics and younger voters, obviously. So that short clip, I keep going back to Albanese's shocking mm. press conference, but that clip, you know, has sort of dominated yeah. social media at the moment, and you know. That uh, that was posted by Nine News first on um, on TikTok there, and that was viewed forty thousand times in a couple of hours. So that's that's the other aspect, you know, whether or not the the parties will use TikTok directly, who knows? I would love to see them do it because I think it'd be a really effective way to communicate mm. with uh, the younger voters. But news outlets are definitely going to use them, and they will yeah. def- they'll 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 pick what they want to post on there. And the challenge then for those. Uh news outlets is how do you make money from it it's great to have forty thousand views in a few hours on a mm. clip of um of a press conference but that's the challenge for news outlets there ain't no money coming back for them really from those views but i mean it can't hurt um to have that type of publicity but no. how do you get them to your platform where you can try to monetize that because uh while it's great to have that the engagement still got to make something out of it because you've got to pay for your journalists and etc so that's it um what do you, what do you think what are your personal views and um on the, the first week so far so we're really only what this is sunday was the day the election was called here we go thursday now but mm. what are your sort of views from these opening few days i actually wrote a blog on this this week uh for work here because uh, as a young voter i thought or we agreed that i probably have a unique perspective considering politics isn't something me and my friends talk about often. Um, so it's not really a popular topic. Uh, and with that, there's probably a little knowledge. Or I know there's little knowledge mm. among uh, a lot of people my age, either side as well, give or take. Um, I think social media will enable political parties to influence our vote, though, by appealing to social issues that matter to the younger demographic. And those sorts of things could be climate change, you know, housing affordability in particular as well. Um, but in terms of things that could influence us in our lack of knowledge, you know, are things like that press conference mistake, because that can be amplified on social media, that's mm. going to reach all of us, and with with little knowledge of how things work or, mm. you know, what, the, what other side is campaigning to achieve, mm. something as simple as that on face value is going to change and influence perhaps our, our decision for voting. Um, you know... I think a lot of people have written off Albanese on one side, whereas maybe it's just reconfirmed that they've, they've vote for him. Mm. I don't know where that's going to lie 
for the Australian public or younger people in Australia either, but um, the election certainly, uh, the election race is certainly on. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's 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 there. You can't avoid it at the no. moment. Um, I, I found that a really interesting first few days um, in two thousand and seven. The federal election then, I was chief of staff for the Career Mail mm-hmm. for their coverage. So I uh, caused that election coverage. And in 2010, election campaign, uh, I was editor federally. Uh, for the federal campaign, I was editor of the paper. So obviously, I've looked at these elections closely over the years, in particular yep. those two from a federal viewpoint. Um, and I, I guess what you see is when you've got journalists on the road... Um, they're living and breathing the election. So yep. even small events to them seem to be big and you'll get a phone yep. call and say, hey, this has happened and, you know, this is, this is, this is a really big thing. And at times I go, oh, it's not really. Yeah. I don't think it might feel, you know, to the press pack on the road, it might feel like a big deal. Um, but to me it didn't. But I must say when I saw the Albanese uh, press conference and his inability to name the uh, unemployment rate or the cash rate, mm. that was one that sort of jolted me in the sense, you know, from a former uh, newspaper editor that this will be a defining moment in the campaign. Absolutely. Now, whether it, it costs Labor or not in the long run, who knows, but in terms mm. of defining the narrative of the campaign, and we saw it um, again yesterday being Wednesday when uh, Albanese was was criticised for cutting short a press conference after he had made a promise earlier that he wouldn't be cutting short press conferences. Um, we saw it come up again there. Yep. The latest unemployment figures are out today. I haven't seen those yet, but of course they will then be brought up and what happened a few days ago will be reinforced. So I guess my take on the first week is I, I thought that that um, discussion with Albanese on Monday, I think it was, was 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 something I didn't expect. I've been asked two times by people about why did it happen. I don't know. I, I met Anthony Albanese on several occasions when I was in newspapers, but I haven't spoken to him or worked with uh, the Labor Party or the Liberal Party. We don't work with either party here. Um, so I've been quite fascinated. My only take on this is the importance as we work with clients on on being able to perform in front of media, mm-hmm. being able to know the tactics you need to use, the importance of uh, non-verbal communication. Uh, and I'm channeling Ainsley here, who <laughs> is not in the office today, but this is what Ainsley works with our clients on with Ainsley's background as uh, an actress, a trained actress. But the point that I took most interest out of the other day was the way that Anthony Albanese's body language uh, completely unravelled when that question came to him. Mm-hmm. And we work a lot with our clients on non-verbals, as I said, breathing and 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 being able to warm up for your speaking exercises, like warm up. Just your athletes don't go and play uh, a game of sport without yep. warming up. If you're doing a big piece in front of media, you need to warm up as well. You need mm. to, as Ainsley does with, with our clients, you've got to get your voice warmed up and get your facial expressions, everything warmed up to right to go. All I can guess is that when Anthony Albanese was asked what the national unemployment rate was, he didn't know. Now, he's done so much preparation, I'm sure, for this. For whatever reason, he didn't know and he wasn't even close. No, he Even wasn't. saying 5.4 when the answer was 4, I don't even know why he said that. But why he did it, I guess, was because... 
it's like a trap door came out from underneath him. He thought, oh, my goodness, we've done this preparation. And in that moment, he knew that he didn't know the answer to a really important question. He wasn't even close. He wasn't, no. So he exacerbated it. And then what happens then, you'll see he sticks his tongue out, his head wobbles, his body language loosens up completely, which is the natural reaction for someone who was under pressure. He wasn't in control of his breathing at the time. Now, to me, you can do all the preparation you want if you don't have those those different parts of your body under control. And we saw the tongue photo, the tongue out was the yeah. massive front page photo in the Australian the next day. Yep. It was used again in today's papers. So it's a lesson for everyone in, who who's engaging with media or ever, the importance of you're connecting your thoughts and your words, as Ainsley always says. Your thoughts, your words, and therefore your body actions have to be connected because if they're not, you have this unravelling moment that Anthony Albanese had on Monday and you, you just go on with that. Now, I don't think he could have got away with being able to say, I'm not going to answer that question nah. because he should have known the answer to the question. You but he could have yeah. done a lot better than he did with his body language, which just amplified what was a really awkward situation and um, made it worse for him and for others. Now, going back to what happened yesterday and how the press conference was cut short, as I use uh, air, air quotation marks here, <laughs> um, but that comes off the fact that Anthony Albanese said that he, uh, he would answer lots of questions and he wouldn't cut press conferences short. Now, I don't know why anyone would make that, um, make that pledge because you do so many media opportunities in these election campaigns and six weeks of them, who cares if you wrap one up early? It's not like the media's not going to see you for a week. Yeah. They, and the danger time for these... Um, these press conferences, when you start to get longer, a long press conference advantages the journalist. It doesn't advantage Definitely. you because you can lose concentration. I mean, these are hard things to do, these press conferences. You've got to be on your game and you've got a press pack there waiting to pounce on you, throwing things from left field at you. The advantage for you is a shorter press conference. Why you would say that you'll stand there and answer them for, I, I am not sure because the longer they go the higher the risk there is for you yep. to come unstuck. Now, we did one with a client one time, um, a, a well-known client who was under a bit of pressure at the time. The pressure was such that the client was being asked to um, – uh, was being accused of a lack of transparency. Mm. What we work with the client of and a good media performer was just stay out there and answer every question till there's no more questions to answer, okay, which is a big roll of the dice, but crisis comms is a risk play, okay. The risk here was that the uh, longer it goes, you know, the risk that something could happen, but this was a very good media performer who lasted 34 minutes oh. in a nationally televised press conference. Whoa, that's 34 a long minutes. time. Oh, I know. I had sweaty, uh, sweaty palms watching this happen. Um, but they lasted 34 minutes and journalists had no questions left to ask. Now, that oh, for that, good. that time, it worked really well mm -hmm. in the sense that everything was exhausted and the media began to move on to something else. Right. 
that is a special example for me when you go, you know what, we're going to have to roll the dice here and punch out a long press conference. We're going to have to. Anthony Albanese committing to these long press conferences in a six-week window. Now they're taking Good Friday off and they're taking Easter Sunday off. Thank goodness for that. We don't want to have election campaigns on Good Friday, Easter Sunday. You know what? Take Easter Saturday off too. Maybe take Easter Monday off. We're not going to care. But I agree. The, I just think Labor in terms of those situations about preparation for uh, media events, media training and body language and breathing and non-verbals and some sort of pledge to go on these long-winded press conferences, it's been a poor first week. It has. And and let's, let's see what happens. As I said, we don't work with any political parties. No. So we can sit here and talk about this because we don't Absolutely. do that sort of work, but we're <laughs> fascinated by it. Yeah, of course. Um, and of course. Jordan, thank you for keeping us up to date with the TikToks anytime, and all sort of stuff. <laughs> so anytime. we'll continue to look at uh, the election campaign through the guise in these coming weeks of how you engage with these audiences, mm-hmm. particularly these changing audiences. But um, where I'll just get off my high horse now. I'll dismount. <laughs> I'm going to dismount off my high Join horse. Uh, and look, that's not to say that the um, Liberal Party's had a stellar week either. That's not to say, you know, we're not sitting here endorsing one or the other, but the focus this week has been Labor. Um, so we'll talk about other things as they happen in these next few weeks. Um, we're speaking of a few days off. Anything for you on this long weekend? No, nothing too crazy this weekend. We'll have lunch with the family on the Sunday, but uh, yesterday we picked up a new kitten. Oh. Yes. yes. Wow. So uh, we have two cats now. One, they've, they've not met each other yet. Oh, so really? It'll be a, um, an introduction this weekend and hopefully <laughs> no blood drawn. Has a kitten been named? It has been named. She has been named Polly. Polly, okay. Mm. So this is going to be some social media content then as Polly... Is going to in. be is currently social media content. It's certainly present tense. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we look forward to the reports on that. That'll be yes, interesting. I'll keep you posted. Easter weekend. Or well, have a great weekend. You too. And we'll see you next week. Sounds good.